Lucy Geigers is, is a trustee at the charity Open Door, the long-established and much-loved night shelter in the centre of St Albans. About this time last year, I spoke with Lucy and others about the plans they had to get rough sleepers off the streets and into secure accommodation during the winter. Now, last year was, of course, the first COVID winter, and now we're heading into our second COVID winter. So I wanted to find out how last year went and what plans they have for this year. But first, I asked her how long Open Door and other charities, plus the District Council, have been providing some form of winter shelter. We've been running now for five years and for the first three of those years we offered a communal night shelter which was in the upper lounge of Trinity Church in the centre of St Albans. But when Covid hit, obviously communal sleeping arrangements weren't going to be the best place to keep people safe from Covid. So we needed to look at alternative forms of accommodation to um, accommodate people over winter when the weather really got its coldest. And you're probably talking about a, a two or three month period here is what you're looking at, is it? Generally, we open from the beginning of December through to March when the temperatures start to rise. Right. I mean, last year when COVID was the additional problem, you come up with another scheme and there was money coming in from outside. You had to apply for some grants, as far as I recall. So last year we were successful in receiving Winter Transformation Fund grant money, which was from central government and it was set up specifically to support communal night shelters such as ours to deliver accommodation in a COVID secure way. And we received £32,000 of that money. And our solution last winter was to provide self-contained cabins for people who would be rough sleeping so they're sort of like porter cabins but they're set up for um, sleeping overnight accommodation they've got beds heating electricity their own toilet and shower facilities and we partnered with Emmaus who have given us a space at their Hill End site where we positioned the cabins and it enabled us to provide people with Covid secure accommodation for that winter. At the same time, you were trying to help people to get out of the rough sleeping cycle. Was that uh, not one of the aims? Yeah, definitely. Um, That's why we don't do it without our partners. So we work with Hightown and the two outreach workers who are employed by them who support the guests that we have who would have otherwise been rough sleeping to find alternative secure accommodation solutions after they've had sort of their brief stay with us while the weather's really bad. So last year we accommodated 17 individuals who would have otherwise been rough sleeping on the streets of St Albans and 65% of those moved on into secure accommodation. If you succeeded that well last year, does that mean that this year isn't a problem? Well, you'd imagine so. Last year, the St Albans Council actually reported a particularly low number of rough sleepers on their annual street count. But that being said, all of the uh, measures that were put in place during COVID that helped keep people in accommodation have now ceased. There were halts put on private rented section evictions that have now stopped. We know that the cost of living is increasing constantly. And we also know that things like domestic violence and family breakdown are on the increase as a result of the pressure cooker that was COVID. So while we would have hoped that the interventions that were put in place as a result of COVID would have had a positive impact, which they did at the time, I think that the um, overall impact of COVID has resulted in an increase. We think that there's probably up to about nine individuals around that may be rough sleeping at any time in St Albans. So there's a definite need for this self-contained accommodation this winter. Last year, you you were really a number of agencies working together, a number of voluntary agencies, the council was involved. Are you working with others this year in the same way? 
So last year, obviously, we had our fundamental delivery partners. That's the mayors who provide the site, Hightown, who have the rough sleeper outreach workers who are referring into the project, and St Albans Council, who sort of have been enabling us to deliver the project. Um, great joint working with other voluntary sector partners like the Vineyard Food Bank. They, this year, they've been offering to provide us with um, sort of the snacks and light breakfast products that we need to provide people with for breakfast in the morning and for snacks overnight when they're at the Winterbeds project and the hygiene bank they're providing us with toiletries for all of our guests so last year they provided us with um, wash bags that had everything people needed for an overnight stay and people could take those away with them so this year we have Morgan Sindel helping us as well so they've been providing us with groundworks to actually enable us to place the cabins the, the sleeper units they've also provided us with some sort of really helpful on-site work to plumb things in and they've provided fencing and they've put up uh, locks and things like that so they've been um, really really helpful in setting us up this and last year at open door you've got a certain amount of self-contained accommodation because you made open door f- facilities itself uh, covid safe last year as far as i recall uh, is that not sufficient to meet the need for nine rough sleepers the open door night shelter accommodates 12 people but all the bed spaces last year were full and there's still a need for the winter beds project so uh, on the whole um, people will access the open door night shelter and then be supported by the staff there to access other accommodation but there's always these new rough sleepers transitioning onto the streets that we need a quick fast solution during the winter to get them off the streets when the weather's bad enough to put their lives at risk. And do they have to come to you or do you have these these workers that you referred to in connection with with Hightown, do they go out and find them? So we don't take any direct referrals to the Winterbeds project. All referrals are taken via the Open Door Night Shelter. So anyone rough sleeping can present the Open Door Night Shelter at their drop-in service, which runs from 2.30pm each day, and then they'll be assessed. And if there's a need, they will then be referred to the Winterbeds project and give a details of how to attend. Do you find that, that some rough sleepers sort of slip through the cracks between? I imagine there's a good communication between those who are in the situation because the word gets passed around as to where to go and what times. But do, do some fall through the gaps? I think inevitably people do because some people you know, will rough sleep and not want to be found. But the outreach workers that are there are very active and proactive and are going out onto the streets and finding people and responding to um, public reports of rough sleepers. So I I think on the whole, given the sort of size of the district and the uh, support levels that we've got, I wouldn't imagine many people would completely fall through the net. What are you going to do this year, the same as you did last year? This year we're going to deliver pretty much the same service as we did last year, but there were some important lessons that we can build on. So um, in terms of the food provision, Centre 33 are now providing food provision most nights from the Salvation Army in town. So our guests will be able to access uh, hot meals there and then come and attend the Winterbeds project at Emmaus. We are increasing the number of cabins that we have available so we will have five cabins one of those of which has got two beds so that will enable us to accommodate any couples who present as rough sleeping that's often a uh, a difficult group 
If a couple do present as um, rough sleeping together, sometimes it's very difficult to accommodate them together. So that will allow us to accommodate a couple quite quickly. And we're also in the unique position that we can accept pets. So we can accept rough sleepers who have dogs. Um, last year, we actually had a rough sleeper who had a cat. So we can be quite flexible in terms of getting people off the streets quite quickly. And that flexibility is because these pods are completely self-contained? Yeah, they're entirely self-contained. The pods have electricity, heating, um, a bed, desk, kettle. Um, this year we're going to provide small fridges as well. And they have shower and toilet facilities as well. So people are yeah very much kind of COVID secure and we can keep people with pets because they're not part of a wider project. I was quite astonished when you said you, you, you can provide for a couple because it had never occurred to me. I don't think I've ever seen a couple of people sleeping at rough together in that sense. Is this quite a frequent problem? It is. I don't know that we have uh, couples rough sleeping in St Albans, but I know from my time in London it was often a problem and a big problem in terms of prohibiting people from accessing accommodation because often people wanted to be accommodated together, but traditionally there was a lot of separate accommodation for men and women. I mean, the pods sound very um, well planned, perhaps, and functional is another word I might use, but they don't sound like they, you want to stay there for too long. Is Three months is probably enough before you get stir-crazy. Yeah, so I'd say we wouldn't be doing a particularly good job if somebody did stay for the entire three months, to be honest. They are, as you say, functional and they are uncomfortably comfortable. They serve a need. They are a warm, safe place for people overnight. But on average, we had guests for around nine nights last year before they moved on to alternative accommodation. So it is very much a a short-term solution, a quick solution for somebody's rough sleeping so that they can access additional support that will move them on to secure accommodation. And these are located at Emmaus in St Albans. Did you have to buy them last year or are they rentable? So we rent them each year. So we rented them last year. We're using the same company again this year. Last year, as I said, we had uh, winter transformation funding, which covered the costs. This year, we are funding it, co-funding it with St Albans Council and the Open Door Charity. So we're paying for the rent of the cabins. You talk about co-funding it with the council. Last year, the government money was involved. Have you been able to get government money this year? We haven't. We weren't successful. We applied again, but this year we weren't successful. One of the reasons that I've asked you to come onto the programme this week is to talk about the fact that you actually need help. You need volunteers. What I wasn't quite clear on is need volunteers for what? Because you are a volunteer organisation. Are there any professionals involved? Are there people who get paid to do what they do with Open Door and, and, the, and the rest of the charities? The outreach workers who are employed by Hightown, they are both employed. You've got the rough sleeper outreach worker for the council, who's also a paid member of staff. But the Winter Beds project in its entirety is volunteer-led, other than at the moment, because of where the cabins are situated over in the Hill End site, we have um, a security presence at night to support our guests rather than having volunteers overnight. But other than that... It's volunteers who run the service each year and it's phenomenal the amount of volunteer interest and goodwill that we've had over the last four years to deliver this service. Are you short of volunteers this year for Covid reasons? We are always short of volunteers. So we have turnover each year. So we have volunteers who move away and um, Covid has meant that also for health reasons or age being a vulnerability factor, uh, people have been less inclined to volunteer, especially in a service where you know, you're potentially working with uh, vulnerable people that you don't necessarily know that your background. 
COVID's also meant that on a number of occasions last year, we had people who were set up to do shifts that simply couldn't overnight in with a you know with a matter of kind of an hour's notice we'd have to plug a gap in a rotor to mean that we could open because people had to self isolate or you know were part of the um, track and trace pandemic so we are always looking for volunteers last year i think we had sort of 50 volunteers into active volunteers on our rotor and in total i think it was almost 650 volunteer hours were needed to deliver the service what specifically is a volunteer going to do in this situation so there's a number of roles we have a need for volunteers in the evening so that would be from about 8:15 p.m. through to 10 p.m. and that's to check our guests into the cabins uh, run over our house guest rules and make sure that guests have got everything that they need to be comfortable and then we have another shift which is first thing in the morning which is from 7 until just before 9 a.m. and that's again to check guests out of the cabins and clean them and prepare them for the next night's guests because potentially there will be new guests each night so we're not having people in the same cabins like I said for long periods of time. In addition to that, we also need volunteers to come and pick up laundry and clean the bedding and towels and things that we use each week on a weekly basis. And this year, we're also looking for volunteers who would help support us in organising our stocks and supplies, as we think that's something that we probably need to do better this year. And presumably, I mean, that sounds like quite a big coordination effort. Who's coordinating all that? Uh, so that's me. Oh, right. That's my role. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I coordinate the volunteers and the site itself. And if somebody listening to this uh, programme says, OK, well, I might be able to help on that, want more information, what do they do? They ring you up? Yeah, so if people are interested in volunteering, you just need to send an email to the Winter Beds Project at org, and I will get back to you with further details. We take a brief registration form that has your contact details, reasons for volunteering and reference details. We take up all references. They can be personal or work references. And then volunteers will need to attend a training session. So for COVID reasons, again, we will be running our training sessions over zoom this year and we can provide support with accessing zoom if people need that as well what happens if you don't get enough volunteers it hasn't happened yet and i'm quietly confident that the goodwill of people in st albans has meant that we've been delivering this service now for four years and we will get enough volunteers but we do have the pool of volunteers who we call on last minute and people do sort of respond to our call to arms and um, volunteer at very short notice which we're forever grateful for Well, Lucy, thanks very much. That's a fantastic picture of what you did last year, what you're doing this year, and I hope you do get the volunteer help that you're asking for. Fantastic. Thank you so much. Now, if you think you can help, and obviously there is a need, here's that contact address again, the Winter Beds Project at opendoorstandalbans.org. Now, the only dot in there is that last one, so it's the Winter Beds Project at opendoorstandalbans.org.